Hello, White Rabbit. With whom are you talking today? Today I'm talking with Yeteke. She is the team lead from the lower and upper elementary teams at the Casa School. In this special edition, we reflect on what the community has been through during the pandemic. And I hope that by doing this, we can support the healing process and help the parents and the school to connect at a deeper level than ever before. Enjoy! Do you remember that day? The, you know, we figured it was the 15th of March, mm-hmm. Sunday. And uh, what I remember is that we were kind of behind. You know, I was talking to my family in Spain. They were wearing masks and, uh, you know, everybody was full on uh, mm-hmm. with the uh, schools closed. And here we were just like completely oblivious to this. <laughs> and I do remember that there was a lot of pressure from the public to close the schools because it mm-hmm. seems like the government was trying to delay that as much as possible. Yes. But it was the, the, the public that was putting pressure on this. How, how, did you, how do you remember this? Yes, exactly how you said it. And I very, very well remember that Sunday. I think we worked all day. And I mean, we was uh, at that moment, the management team talking to each other, okay, it's going to happen, the schools are going to close, what's going to happen. But there was some sort of an excitement, which was weird, because it was something new, and it was a unique moment in history, maybe. Right. Uh, so Monday morning, I remember very well, we had a, an onla- our first online meeting with our teams, which we never had before. Right. And I said to my teams, mark this day because this is a unique day in in history History. we are going to teach online how cool is that (laughs) how strange is that and what a unique challenge is that but we can do this so don't forget this day march 16 2020 i can't believe that you took such a positive approach to this is really really inspiring yeah and you know we are we are doers and I don't know how they did it, but within like one or two days, we had this whole system set up. You know, some people are great with computers, some people are less good with computers, but we had the whole idea coming up and everybody went like 100% into it. Now for lower and upper elementary teams, it was a little bit easier than for the children's house teams, obviously, because the whole online thing with young children is is really a huge challenge. And I I think they, they had the hardest time in that. Yeah. And then you have to have a Montessori environment online, which is almost unthinkable. How can you do this if, yeah. if our whole education system sort of revolves about around the materials and yeah. the interaction that we have with the children and the children with each other, then how are you going to do that online? So we had this huge challenge there. And somehow, however, we picked it up and everybody had their little bedroom or office at home and we had cameras set up and you just made your own little school at home. Right. And we brought materials home or you went to school to to do it there and we just tried to make out of it what we could. Yeah. In fact, one of the guides made me realize how much you actually rely on observing the children during the day. Because you do this not only to identify their needs, but also to motivate them to work. So I can imagine that when the guide is forced to observe the children in this artificial online environment, and for a short period of time, that must have been really difficult. If you are a child in a Montessori classroom, it is so much more than working on your work. It is so much the environment that invites you to create 
to explore, to work together. And the other children are also your teacher. Right. So in a, a Montessori classroom, you were, you learn so much more than just, let's say, math and language, what you can actually physically do in a book at home with your parents or online on a computer. And at CASA, we very much emphasize that that other part, the working together, the collaboration between the children, the materials, the environment, that is such a huge part of our learning environment that what the parents could do at home was just such a small part, but that was all they could, of course, hold on to and focus on. And I've been very impressed with the children and the parents, how they picked things up. And at the same time, I also felt bad for the parents that they felt that huge responsibility that they thought they had to take over uh, the whole role of the guide but it, it's impossible no. because you cannot, as a parent, create that whole environment with 40 children and the, and the, and the classroom and so on. So it's like a, a, a mission impossible. impossible. Yeah. Plus, they have their own work to do on top of that. Exactly, exactly. So, and, and some parents, um, I think, were very lonely, felt very lonely in that way or felt very responsible and felt they, they, they couldn't do it or they didn't do enough. And I, I wanted to then already say to the parents, let it go. It, your children are so resilient and yeah. they will learn other things and they will pick up other things. And, you know, if they help you cook or they see what you're doing for work, they will learn in so many different ways. And luckily, some parents could could do that and accept that and let go. And some parents had a hard time and they said, my child needs to do like two hours of math and two hours yeah, of language because it, it's tangible, I guess. It's something you can touch and sort of check and it's 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 something you can see a product yes and there there are children who i would say worked harder because it seems like they don't work at school but it's a different type of work and some children really produce let's call it production yes. yeah for yeah. just much more at home but they miss the whole other thing that they would yeah. have at school i really appreciate that you explained this so well because i think for parents it is very difficult to appreciate the value of all these intangible aspects of Montessori education because they are very difficult to quantify. And I agree. During the lockdowns, parents were forced to use the tools they had at hand to contain the situation. So we were teaching the way we were taught because that's what you do when you haven't been trained as a professional educator. And, and, uh, and we're very thankful for that. And yeah. there is also, there's nothing, uh, there's no right or wrong in these situations. Everything that the parents could do was was something that they could offer to their child and the child used that in one way or the other. Yeah. And maybe the parents taught the child a little bit different than they would have done at school, but it's okay. The children's brains are very flexible yeah. and it's just good for them to realize that there's multiple ways to approach things. And when they came back to school, you know, they, they picked up from where they left off. Well, you know, parents are always worried about children getting delayed in their development. But actually, I've been told by guides from Children's House that they do see the impact of the lockdowns in the children. For example, new children coming to the classrooms are having issues with potty training, which puts pressure on the teams because before Corona, most three-year-olds used to be able to go to the toilet by themselves. They also see impact in social development 
because there are many more children now that appear to be shy and are having difficulties interacting with the guides. But perhaps the most interesting, or the one that stood up to me the most, was the fact that apparently corona children show way more interest towards letters and numbers. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah, uh, it, it all makes sense. Um, I think a child goes to school, especially in children's house, to focus on independence, Yeah. Uh, to have autonomy, to really focus on the practical life and the sensorial and mo- mo- motorical skills. And that is an environment that Montessori creates. It's very unique, I guess, the environment that Montessori schools create for that. And especially Casa, we have a huge classroom where half of the classroom is all focused on practical life, yeah. uh, sensorial right. areas. And you, it's really hard to recreate that at home if you don't know enough about it. Because obviously at home you can also ask your child to wash the windows and scrub the floors and help with the cooking and also do pouring and, and, and all these things. But it's, it's harder to set that up. So again, of course, when a parent is having a job and he has to do his work, yes, then it's exactly. really if you feel as a parent the urge that you want your child to learn something, let's put it between quotes, um, you feel like, okay, let's then focus on something with numbers or yeah, letters. Yeah. And then uh, the independency, of course, if there's a parent and they only have one child at home or maybe two, it's very easy to uh, get their jacket for them or to cut their fruit for them or to right. help them with anything or, oh, your shoes, you have to put on your shoes. Okay, I'll help you. At Casa, obviously, they have to do it all themselves. So that is also completely uh, delayed, maybe. Yeah. And then the social aspect, that's the third part, is Definitely, they learn at that age to what is mine, what is yours, how can we work together, how can we work beside each other, how can I ask something from a guide, and that is something you miss when you're at home. Yeah, yeah, you know, I will definitely bring this topic in the episodes about the toddler's group and the children's house, but it was really nice to hear your thoughts on this, because I think you painted a very clear picture that makes a lot of sense. Another topic that I was looking forward to discuss is the lack of informal contact between the parents and the guides. Oh, yes. <laughs> because I think this is everybody in the community universally agrees that, oh my God, we miss this so much. Yes. And it's mutual. Um, I think for the guides, it was really hard not to have the parents in the school. And maybe it seems like we don't constantly talk to each other, obviously. Yeah. But the f- physical like even seeing their faces or just sharing those one or two words about their child to the parent is so crucial because we are such a huge part of the child's day and development but the parents are of course even more important and if we don't see each other and communicate with each other we can miss such essential points and we can have meetings and of course we had meetings and we talked about how your kid is doing it online or you know at home but it's so different yeah and just sharing you know a smile about your child and and looking looking with your with a parent and a guide together looking at a child and you know sharing this uh this joy that what you see them doing or It's, it's, it's really hard because it felt to us that we are like in a bubble 
And the government didn't allow us to let the parents in. Yeah. And of course, sometimes we try to color outside of the line. So we try to do whatever we can. But we also have people in the staff who felt, you know, maybe uncomfortable if parents would come in the school yeah. at one point and, and, and what is allowed and what is not allowed. So it's it was really hard. And it was hard for the parents it was terrible. Like some parents never set foot in the classroom. Yeah. And the kid is at school or yeah, even yeah. two years. I mean, it's so sad. Yeah. And I can imagine. I mean, it must be so strange to drop your child off every morning into a, like a big building. And it's a like, black okay, hole there. Point. It's like a black hole. And even if you talk to the guide who is just sitting there behind the screen, it doesn't give you much insight. And children are the worst storytellers. Yeah, I, mean, I rem remember from my own children, if I would say, you know, um, can you tell me what you laughed about today at school? Or um, was there something that made you sad or, or was something funny? Yeah, <laughs> they, they don't know what they or what did you do today? Mm, yeah, I, uh, I, I played. Book. I played. <laughs> so it, it is a black hole and that must be so frustrating for the parents. You know, coming back to when we were talking about the difficulty that the parents had with the children at mm -hmm, home, mm -hmm. you know, we were having the online lessons and the children didn't show up. Mm. I think at Casa we were, we were sort of lucky compared to, say, some schools in Amsterdam in certain areas where children didn't even have access to internet or oh, so on. So I think at Casa, in general, most children were in our vision and we had good contact with most parents of course there were always a few families that were struggling yeah um, and some some families uh, specifically chose to sort of relax yeah. um, and to take it as it is and not to put too much pressure on these times and also don't focus so much on the online thing and uh, we were totally comfortable with that choice because if you do that with awareness then it's then it's fine and we could let that go as long as we you know kept checking in with each other which we did and there were a few families that was was harder to keep in contact with them and they were struggling yeah if you have three children at home and yeah. you maybe only have one tablet or maybe both yeah. parents are working full-time so that was that was hard but we also learned to also sometimes let that go because we, we, we would schedule meetings, we would schedule lessons for the children and we kept an eye on who's coming. But you can't keep an eye on everything. Yeah. It's the same as in the classroom. Yeah. I don't know everything what a child does all day. You know, hearing this story, it really hit me with the, the realization of, of the diversity of our community. Mm -hmm. Some people in our community really had a hard time. Mm -hmm. And I, I wanted to take the opportunity to acknowledge that. Yes. I, I wanted people to know. And I it, think that maybe the guilt was the, the the saddest thing of all. That, exactly. That parents felt guilty. Yeah. That they couldn't offer what maybe was expected from them or for their children. And I want to say that we have never felt towards any parent come on, step up your game. Not at all, because we knew how we know how hard it is already at school sometimes yeah. to, to keep up with the children. So we understand completely that for parents, it was a super big challenge. And we were just appreciative of everything they did with the children. Yeah. But there, there is no nobody who did anything wrong here. Yeah. We just all did really what we could. Good, exactly. Yes. So thank you very much for that. What I also want to say is that I was so thankful and appreciative of the parents who supported that and were thankful back. Yeah. Because 
in life, people tend to always listen to the people who complain the most. And of course, we also had a lot of parents who were angry or complaining. Yeah. And that is, that is, I understand why, because they are struggling with yeah. other things. But it's so nice that there were also parents who said, thank you so much for the effort. And we really appreciate what you're doing. Sometimes we felt a lot of pressure from some parents who would send us emails or saying things. And of course, I am reading that and trying not to take it too personally yeah but because because you want to solve it also for them but sometimes some parents were um, not very respectful for that that part of it right and they thought it was like you know just 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 do your job that's a little bit how they said it and (laughs) And you're being paid for it (laughs) yes and we're like well we're we're really trying hard to do it so um but at one point of course came that shift that we understood that what corona did to some people and it didn't do to some others and then when uh, this beginning january when this in my opinion ridiculous rule came that when three kids had corona the classroom had to be closed (laughs) we're like okay this was the point that we need to find out is this a law or is this a guideline and then we started calling the ggd and the government and and you know, Casa is has always been over the last ten years. If if we find room to wiggle, we will. Yeah, we will, and we will see what's possible. And that's always has always been our point of view. Well, I think this is a beautiful moment to stop, if only because I've promised to keep to a thirty-minute limit on the episodes. It's been a yes. pleasure. It's been an absolute pleasure talking to you. Thank you so much for taking the time. You're welcome. We should definitely do this again, and we will. So, did today's episode trigger any interesting thoughts or valuable ideas? Do you have any questions, comments or suggestions for improvement? Whatever you want to share, I'm all ears. Just drop me an email to casastories at casaschool.nl. ¡Hasta pronto!